0: Mm -hmm. and giving space for whatever Mm -hmm. the healing in the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not something that you just wake up one day and say, oh, okay, that's Mm -hmm. it. I'm sure that there's still healing going on today. There is. Mm -hmm. And every time God's calling you, I'm sure that there'll be another layer of healing even from talking today on the show. Absolutely. I'm just, like I was thinking, as you're talking about this, I'm sure there's new things Mm -hmm. starting to like, oh, I never really thought about that perspective Mm -hmm. or... It's amazing how God just keeps taking us to a new level in that process he does. and he how does. it can can be used for someone else. As you reflect back on that time, what are the most important things that you remember, like just even from the hospital, the people, the ability to hold Anna? Like, what
1: are the things that mm. you feel like, oh, this was mm-hmm. the most important piece of this for me? Mm-hmm. Um. I, one of the things that really stood out to me were, was how many friends came to visit me in the hospital. And I didn't even, it didn't occur to me that that would happen because I didn't know that people would come to visit someone with a dead baby. You go to the hospital to visit people with their live baby and to rejoice with them. But people came to mourn with me and to grieve with me. And, um, they held her with me they would hold her and look at her she had this beautiful porcelain like skin and this full head of dark hair she was absolutely one of the most I'm not saying this just because I'm her mom but truly one of the most beautiful human beings and um, perfect in every way Um, but to have other people be able to share her memory because nobody had seen her before And um, that meant a lot to me. Uh, There was a special room that they have at the hospital for mothers who have experienced loss. And it doesn't feel like a hospital room. So I got to go into that room with warm colored walls and beautiful painting on the wall and nice furniture, nice bedding with matching shower curtains. And uh, just a a very um, calm environment to be in, uh, for when you're in the hospital. And, uh, so that kind of helped me feel a little bit more separated from everything else that was happening in the hospital. I I do remember times of hearing an infant screaming next door and it just about drove me crazy in the head to hear that. Um, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but it almost made me feel crazy. Um, that was helpful, though, to have that, that private room with the warmth. Um, trying to think well, of I'm what Well, I'm thinking, else.
0: I'm just, I'm, what I, just hearing about people coming to see you, I think this is so important to mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. because so many times when people are experiencing pain or a difficulty, mm-hmm. there can be a tendency to avoid it or to not yes. go Sometimes it's because we may have something to deal with and it's, Mm -hmm. we can't get out of our own way to go to be with that person. Right. But sometimes we make up, oh, they're not going to want to see me. They're not right. Mm Mm-hmm. And what you're sharing with us is that it made all the difference in the Mm -hmm. world, Mm -hmm. is that people were willing to be with you in the struggle, in the afflicted time, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Right. And I think a lot of people will um, pull back when they have a friend that has experienced a devastating loss because they're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And, And the hard thing for a grieving parent to understand is, wow, you don't think that we're really uncomfortable with this, but, but I understand where they're coming from too. Um, but I, I would encourage you, if you have a friend or a family member that is hurting, to push past your discomfort and to love them. And if it's not well-received, then you have done your best. And you go with God and go with God's leading, but, but don't withdraw. Um, that can be because relationships change um, because of those experiences. People don't know what to do, so then they don't do anything. Um, and I think that's one of the most hurtful things that can be done to a parent who has lost a child. Well, I think one of the things I remember saying
0: to you, because we didn't know each other like well mm-hmm. then, obviously mm-hmm. we had had encounter, you know, we know who yeah. each other was, but I remember so many times sitting down to write you a message. I, I'm telling you this, I, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. I don't know her very well. That's why I remember thinking like, I don't know her really well, but I feel like I should say something, but then I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't do anything. That's Mm -hmm. exactly it. You're you're naming Mm -hmm. exactly. And there's a little tiny piece of me. I don't know if guilt is the right word. I just didn't know what to Mm -hmm. do. So I did nothing. And it's that simple. I didn't know what Mm -hmm. to do. So I think what I hear you saying is, if you're one of those individuals who's been like me, who Mm -hmm. didn't do anything, you're saying even a nice little message that just Mm -hmm. simply says, I'm praying for you. Absolutely. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of you. That's enough. Mm hmm. It doesn't need to be this long, Mm -hmm. like, because some, I think what, I know I'm not alone in this. Mm -hmm. I make up in my mind, like, Mm -hmm. well, is she going to think that I'm overstepping my boundaries because I don't know Mm -hmm. her that that's because those Mm -hmm. are the kind of things that I think, well, I don't. And then I'm thinking, you know what, get over yourself. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't. This is about
1: just letting somebody know that you are praying for them. And you know, you know what, Deb, I do the same thing. Uh, It pains me deeply when I hear of someone else who has experienced any kind of loss especially the loss of a child and and sometimes I just don't know what to say to them I don't know what to say I'm overwhelmed by it so it happens to those of us who have already experienced that kind of loss too where we don't know what to say but sometimes you shoot them a message and you say I love you I'm praying for you I'm hugging you, you know, um, because it might be spirit led. It might be right at the time that that person needed to hear your message. Yes.
0: And mm-hmm. when we trust the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. we know that it's okay. It's, we know it's the right thing to do, right? Yeah. Like it's that. Mm-hmm. But that goes back to that trusting the Holy Spirit piece. Mm-hmm. You talked about this moment like almost like there was this whiteboard and how do I trust God again? And just the whole, what does that look like? Um, how did you find the trust in God? Like, was it a process? Did it all of a sudden you realize, no, I can't. Like, I that is really an important piece mm-hmm. of
1: this. Well, in order to tell you that, I have to tell you the next part of the story. Let's go to the next so, part. So um, we had uh, a graveside service for Anna and um, we had a little open casket so that family members who hadn't been able to see her could see her, and and um, we just kept it to family and close friends coming to the service. And my brother-in-law, my my husband has five siblings, um, and his brother was there with his uh, girlfriend, and who we didn't we didn't know her very well. Um, and, and that ties into the story a little later. But um, so, Carl, his, his brother's Carl, his girlfriend Jesse were there. And Jesse told me later that at Anna's funeral, that was the first time she ever m- had any kind of experience with Jesus. She said she saw Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, at Anna's funeral. Um, and I found that out a couple of weeks later. And, and I was just so moved by that, um, that God could use this little baby's funeral to speak to an unbeliever. And so 16 days later, um, after Anna died, I was at home. I had had so many people stopping by, visiting, bringing meals, bringing gifts, just coming to visit and um, spend time with us. And... It was a Saturday morning, and I was like, okay, nobody's coming to visit today. I'm just going to bury my head under a blanket because that's what I feel like doing today. Every day I was getting up. I had a two-year-old to take care of. I had people coming over, and I was always getting up, getting out of bed, getting going for the day. And I was like, you know what? My husband was home that day. He was playing Play-Doh with our daughter. And... I said, I'm just going to lay on this couch and and bury myself under this blanket. And it wasn't long after I decided to do that, my husband got a phone call from a friend of his in North Dakota. And I thought he was talking to his brother, who lives in North Dakota, and um, all of a sudden I heard what he was saying, and I realized something was terribly wrong. And I started to panic, I realized something had happened to his brother Carl. And I, I just went crazy. So when you are, you've experienced trauma, uh, and it's so recent, it's very difficult to um, have any self-control over your emotions, I think. Uh, I was standing up and saying, what's wrong? What's wrong? What happened to Carl? And my husband had to go into another room to get away from me talking to him so he could just hear the story and got the news that his brother had been killed in a car accident, and we had just seen him at Anna's funeral, and uh, so then we realized no one else in the family knew yet, so... my husband said, I don't know how I'm going to tell my mom. I don't know. And I started packing up our things to go. And he said, Oh, you don't have to, you don't have to go with me. And I said, I can't stay here by myself. So we went to his mom's and she wasn't there. We went to his sister's and started sharing the news with the family members. And, and I said, somebody has to tell Jesse, his girlfriend, somebody has to tell Jesse. And so I messaged her. I didn't have her phone number. I messaged her on Facebook and said, call my sister-in-law at this number. Because I did not want to be the one to give her that news. I, I wasn't mentally capable of, of doing that. And she called my sister-in-law, and I was right there, and I heard, I heard her on the other end. And um, it was just so, so, once again, just so devastating. He was 35 years old. Um, so Jesse came to my mother-in-law's house. Eventually the family that lived in the area gathered there. Jesse was there, and... One sister was talking to the other sister out of state. Another sister was looking for their mom in town to try to tell her in person. And here I am with Jessie, who is hysterical. My husband took our daughter out because she was afraid of everything that was happening. And here I am with Jessie by myself. (coughs) Excuse me. And she, I thought, where is everybody? I need somebody to be here with me. And I'm following her around and she's up and down off the floor, just wailing. And I'm rubbing her back. I'm rubbing her back and I'm just walking around with her and just being with her. And as much as I didn't want to be doing what I was doing, God knew I was the person that needed to walk through this with her because I already understood the, just those emotions of such a sudden and unexpected loss. And that day, um, Jessie gave her life to the Lord. She said, God, she said, she said, I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't had that experience That. Anna's funeral, but then the day Carl died, she said, God, I just give you my whole life. Use it in whatever way that you would have me to serve you. And um, so I hold on to that as a gift from God that, excuse me, because of our daughter's life and her death, that one person that I know of will be spending eternity with us and is making incredible an incredible difference in this world in the name of the Lord because of these two tragedies that happened in our family. Yeah, praise the Lord. Well and I um
0: one of the things that as you're talking by the way friends, if you haven't put this together, she's talking about Jesse Marianello, who we've had on the show multiple times who is doing? Uh, actually, her last name may be different now, but <laughs> that more to come on that because we'll have Jesse on again. Um, but one of the things that Jesse has actually shared this story, and um, and she does share the story of seeing an, an encounter. She had an encounter mm-hmm. with Jesus mm-hmm. at Anna's funeral, and there is something that is so precious about there's something in here and I I don't know And I'm kind of making this up here in my mind about the child coming to the Lord as a child. Mm -hmm. This is where she has this experience. Like there's something in that. I don't know what it is, but it feels very powerful. And of course, none of us ever want to lose a child Mm -hmm. on this. Of course, none of us do. And, and then we think when we look at God's bigger plan, Mm -hmm. how do we even barely, how can we even comprehend what he's doing? Right. Right. We can't comprehend mm-hmm. because his plan is so much bigger than what mm-hmm. we could ever know. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I just really want to point out is here you are in the midst of suffering and hurt and just almost a desperation and despair. And yet, who is God using you? He equips you in this moment with Jesse while she's wailing mm-hmm. and going through this grief process mm-hmm. and Mentally, you're thinking, why am I? What's going on here? And yet, God equipped you in this moment. I didn't feel equipped. Well, but He did.
1: <laughs> he did. I, I was panicking, and, honestly. And yet,
0: here's God showing up in you. Mm-hmm. And despite everything that was going on for you, God is using you anyway. And mm-hmm. I think this is so important to point out to people that we can be going through the worst of the worst of the worst, and God still can use us. Mm
1: hmm. It's okay. He can still use us, Mm -hmm. and he was still using you. And when we finally, uh, Jesse, kind of started to calm down, we sat down at my mother-in-law's kitchen table and sat there and held each other's hands. And um, I just said, God, help us. We need you. God, help us. And the next day in talking to Jesse, she said, when we were sitting at the table, she said, something happened there did you feel it the peace and I said yeah I felt it and I thought she felt the Holy Spirit something happened to her and I was so excited even in our grief I was excited um, that she was feeling the Holy Spirit as we sat there and just cried out to God mm-hmm. Our simple prayer of God help us our prayers don't have to be elaborate they don't have to have lots of words to be powerful and to be um, and for God to respond to us because he always does
0: yeah I love that you bring that up that it doesn't need to be elaborate Mm -hmm. and God does hear our prayers Mm -hmm. we don't always know the timing of an Mm -hmm. answer Mm -hmm. but we know he hears them yeah and I love the simplicity God help us now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we are in the thick of it, that's all that can come out. That was a prayer. Help now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the prayer I prayed the most because not only did I not know how to trust trust God, I felt like I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know. I I had a hunger for the Word of God, but I didn't even know where to begin. And and I'm telling you that the smallest things. I mentioned this earlier are so hard to. Um, the smallest things can be so overwhelming. Um, So I didn't, I was overwhelmed with the thought of opening up my Bible. Where would I open it up to? I don't know. I I have no idea. And so this, how this ties in with, um, with my story and how I, what gave me strength was, so after Carl passed away, a bunch of his friends shared with us that, He had told them he had read through his whole entire Bible multiple times. And so they decided that in honor of him, they were going to do the same in that first year after his death. So I said, you know what? That's actually a great way to get into the Bible. I'm going to read the whole Bible. So I went online and I ordered the one-year Bible. And this, I have it right here with me today. This is my survival. Um, It has a reading for every day of the year, one section from the Old Testament, one section from the New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs every single day. So it gives you a nice variety. Um, you're not just reading all Old Testament for right, right. however many months. Um, and God spoke to me in so many ways through, the, through his word. And, and I think, how could he know before the beginning of time that on this day, in 2014, or 2015 it was, that Carmina is going to need to read this verse on this date that is going to minister to her. How does, I mean, we serve a God that, that can do that, and he did it for me, and he showed me his love in so many ways through his scripture, um, and, and the word of God is what really, that was my survival, that was my tool for survival. I
0: love this. It's like the, uh, you know, those survival shows they Mm -hmm. have on TV. We need a, here's the Bible. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is the survival. That almost kind of (laughs) rhymed. What I love about this, it is the living word. Mm -hmm. We talk about it being the living word and it is the living word. Mm -hmm. And I always am so fascinated by how everybody could be reading that book, but it's going to speak to you differently Mm -hmm. than the next person because it's the living word. God is bringing that alive to you on that day on that Mm -hmm. page for you. Amen. And I love the fact, too, that it doesn't just have, when, whenever I try to do this in the past, it'd be like, okay, I'm a little tired of the Old Testament. I want to get a little to that, right? Right. So I love that it actually brings in mm. all the components mm-hmm. so that it doesn't, I'm, I don't want to say boring because it's not really boring, mm-hmm. but let's face it, if we can mm-hmm. mix the old with the new, with a little bit of Psalm, with a little Proverb, yeah. right? Like it just
1: brings yeah. it all together. And especially um, when you're suffering, you know, if there's anybody listening that is going through... Uh, really difficult times, I know there are people that are that are suffering terribly and you don't know where to turn. I encourage you to just start at Psalm one. The Psalms are so relatable to people going through painful times, so relatable. And actually one of the verses that, you know, I've been reading the Bible for many years, but there's so many verses that never stood out to me before that were just, it was like a light was on them. And one of them um, is seven, Psalm 71:20, 20. Um, and I have said this verse over and over in the last years now. Um, it says, though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. Mm-hmm. and And I don't know if that restoration is happening here on earth or maybe it's happening when I um join the Lord in heaven, but he promises to restore us um, and actually the whole psalm seventy one is actually a great chapter too um, but that was one verse that I thought I would have never noticed that verse before because i hadn't I hadn't seen troubles many a, and bitter, but now I had it's I always wonder with scripture
0: sometimes it's sort of in my mind it's like that chicken or egg thing so we know the scriptures were written obviously many Mm -hmm. years ago knowing that we were going to go through these things and need that psalm or Mm -hmm. or is it that it becomes alive to us when we go through that experience or god brings us to the experience so we can experience the psalm in that way right Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the chicken or the egg thing. (laughs) and what's fascinating to me is that god does give us a solution and answer for everything in his word it's right there Mm -hmm. And isn't it amazing how sometimes we look for it in all these other places, mm-hmm. and it's right there. He's speaking to you all the time in His Word, mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful. And
1: I yeah, love that. I had many beautiful moments with the Lord. Uh, and the thing um, with this one-year Bible, too, for me personally, that was helpful was that I had the accountability of the date. Okay, so today's December whatever. You know, I'm reading this, or today's June sixth, so I'm reading these readings, um, on June 6th or whatever date it happened to be. I had that accountability. And even on the days where I was so overwhelmed with my grief that I felt like I wasn't even retaining what I was reading, I still knew that I was putting the truth of God's word into my mind. And I was still battling the enemy because the enemy really was trying to destroy our family, um, mentally, too, in many ways, in my mind, um, with my thoughts. So I knew, even if I'm not, if even if I don't feel like it's speaking to me today, I'm putting the truth of God's word in my mind, and there, there's power in that. Absolutely.
0: Amen. And I believe that 100%, mm-hmm. just yeah. especially in all the ministry work mm-hmm. and everything. I can definitely see that yeah. as well. So I know in the journey, so you've got this going on, mm-hmm. and then you had another situation that started to happen for your family yeah so because so, you, like here things are like you're dealing with one thing then there's another thing and there's another thing but it didn't really stop there for you
1: no and you know there's there's a fear um when you are experiencing um so many traumatic things in such a short time that was six deaths in one year um and there's just so much fear of what's ha- com what's coming next what's going to happen next it's it's hard to um not feel um doom and gloom mm-hmm. and, and of course the enemy loves that oh, of uh, course but once we got past we got past the 1 year anniversary of anna's and carl's death and i was like oh i feel like i can just kind of breathe easy a little bit easier i i don't know there was just something that felt like it was a little bit, there's a little bit of hope for some peace. Um, So fast forward to uh, a year and a half after their deaths, um, my church had asked if I would share my testimony of, of my loss and how God was holding me and carrying me through this time. And so I said I would, and I had a little girl who's three. And I I thought, I can't prepare for this at home. I just need help. And my mom had retired as a nurse for two weeks before. So I said, hey, mom, can I come over? Um, I just need to study and I can't do it with Elsa. And if you could just hang out with her at your house, I'll just be there. So I get to her house and I I find out that morning that my grandpa um, is dying that day. And my dear and precious grandpa that I was yeah everybody who knew him just adored him just a, an amazing man of god and uh so I was processing that as I first get there and think now how am I going to study I called my grandma they winter in the south and so I called her and was just crying with her and then I started getting into my study and um my mom told my daughter oh I've got lunch almost ready and we should get papa my dad had been outside working and um She said, I wonder why he's not in here yet. And after saying that a few times, she finally said, oh, come on, Elsa, we have to go find Papa and bring him in for lunch so we can all have lunch together. And she came back in the house and she said, dad's down in the woods, I have to call 911. And so uh, we had the police and the ambulance and the helicopter there right at their house. They life flighted my dad to Fargo diagnosed a traumatic brain injury we don't know we'll probably never know exactly what happened to him he was out there cutting down trees but there weren't any trees around him that hit him um so he had this traumatic brain injury and he could only say three words and um i just i I thought again lord what i don't don't understand why we're going through something so devastating again and um So the doctors had conversations with us about what it would look like if they needed to do surgery to save his life, and we had to have those conversations. Do you have the surgery? Do you not? And um, later that night, as my dad's in the ICU, and there's still so much unknown, we get word that my grandpa did pass away, and he was so ready, and he um, he was so ready to go, but I didn't even know what to do with that. My dad's maybe dying, and my grandpa died, and we don't even know um, what the future holds. So my dad started talking after about three days, which was completely a miracle. Nothing short of it. He had so many people praying for him. And he just started speaking in sentences, which he'd been saying three words in the, the entire time he'd been there. And, um, but they couldn't figure out why his arms and legs weren't working. And we had asked previously about, um, you know, CT, MRI, you know, neck collar. Did all of that get checked out? Yes, it did. Um, so we came back to Bemidji. For my grandpa's funeral a week later, and my dad was still in Fargo with, and his sister had come and was staying with him. And she, having had a paraplegic son and having been around a lot of people with spinal cord injuries, um, she recognized the way he was breathing was very much like a quadriplegic. So she asked for them to do further imaging studies again, which they would already done. And they discovered that he had a C3 spinal cord injury. So after my grandpa's funeral, I get a text from my mom. And now you might think it's weird to get a text like this from your mom. But after everything, we were just like, however you have to get the news, if it's on the phone, if it's via text. But she said, Dad has a C3 spinal cord injury. And I just felt like vomiting. I told my husband, I think my dad's a quadriplegic. I couldn't even wrap my mind around that. Um, so he was in the hospital for a month and spent about five months in rehab, but his mind is completely healed. It's completely miraculous. We prayed the whole time that my dad would be healed. He healed my dad in a much different way than we ever would have imagined. Um, he is considered an incomplete quadriplegic, so he has some movement below the level of injury, but he is completely dependent on others for feeding and for personal cares and everything. Really, he, um, he can drive his wheelchair, but um, so, um, where was I? I'm losing my. It's there's staff. a lot here
0: to go. <laughs> There's a lot here to process. <laughs> So, um, so as you, I just, I'm kind of taking this all in because I'm thinking about this amazing, miraculous mind healing, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. that your dad can talk, mm-hmm. and look at what God did there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, he,
1: and he prayed, and he said, if just one person came to know Christ because of this, it would all be worth it. And you know, he lives. If if you had told me before his accident that this would be his life. Um, You know, you hear people say, oh, if that ever happened to so-and-so, they would never be able to, they would never tolerate it. They would be so angry. And I didn't think my dad probably would have done very well. uh, But you know what? He has the peace of Christ in him uh, and perseverance and joy. Um, He and my mom are such a testament to what God can do and is doing every day and their life is really pretty tough you know it's uh, not to um, make it sound like I'm having a pity party for them but it's not easy but they're very strong people my mom does all my dad's care 24-7 and it's it's difficult it's a difficult life as any caregiver knows um, but they have chosen to persevere in the Lord through it it's <laughs>
0: I don't know if this sounds weird when I say, but it's it's beautiful in its own way. It is, you know. You think about marriage, and mm-hmm. you think about the commitment that you make to somebody, and you think about caring for someone. You know, it's all. It goes back to when we were talking about when you first got married. There's the it's the fairy tale, right? It's the everything's mm-hmm. going to be all this, and and then the reality is we wake up, right? <laughs> right, yeah. and then something happens, and then and and that commitment of marriage like your mom caring for your father and all the things that he has also gone through. Like there's out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's so much in that. And, and yet when you see it and how I believe God intended it to be, it is one of the most beautiful things ever. Yes. And not that we want anybody to have to go through something traumatic to have to witness or feel that. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, there's a different gift or blessing in that. Mm hmm. And it's, it's interesting how God, I think about Romans 8, 28, and my paraphrasing of it is always that, you know, God will put all things to good for those who believe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I do believe that like, there's a lot of Romans 8, in your entire mm-hmm. testimony, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that even through all this trauma and all these things that, my goodness, for one of these things to happen to mm-hmm. someone, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But you've had multiple things. And yet here mm-hmm. you are, Talking, sharing, mm-hmm. still bringing people to the Lord, and God is using all of it. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm sure there's times that you just want to say, "Why me?"
1: Right? <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and and. But another thing to realize is that I, I'm not the only person that has experienced um, multiple tragedies in in my lifetime. Um, the first funeral I went to after. Anna's funeral, Anna and Carl's, I should say. Um, I was in a room with a whole bunch of people that I did not know. and it just opened my eyes in a new way. Like I felt really vulnerable because here I was fairly new in my grief and, and it's a really hard thing to be to go to a funeral after you have been through all of that um, yourself. I went there and I felt so vulnerable, like these people don't know what I've been through and I'm afraid what if I lose it here and then they won't understand. And then it was like God just opened my eyes and I looked around at all these people I didn't know and I thought they all have a story. They all have something that they have been through and whether whether they are reaching out to God in those times or not, They all have pain, and they all need to be reaching out to God. They all need the hand of Jesus to walk them through their trials because we all have trials. And God never promised us that we wouldn't have suffering, we wouldn't have pain. Um, There's some verses that I have. um, Now I can't find them. That's okay, Um, yeah.
0: So as we... Get ready to close out. I, you know, just, yeah, I would love for you to share, you know, a verse and also maybe just some closing thoughts that you want to share with people that hope is obviously, I mean, just hearing your testimony is hope, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel hope listening to mm-hmm. it. Um, but I thought you might even have some final thoughts for people, too.
1: So let's do a verse and then some final thoughts. Okay. Um, here's, here's a verse, 1 Peter 1 six and seven, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So my prayer is that my faith may be proved genuine. When I'm faced with the next trial, the current trials, um, that's my prayer. And that that it may minister to other hurting people. I know that you've ministered to a
0: lot of people today just by sharing your testimony, your faith, your trust in God. Mm -hmm. Showing us a little bit about that, Mm -hmm. what that path looked like. And... I do feel hope, and I think mm-hmm. that others listening are feeling hope, too, mm-hmm. because what you've really showed us is that, you know, it's like Philippians. I mean, we're, I can do all things through Christ mm-hmm. who strengthens me. He is. He has given you that strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At times, you didn't feel like it, but he gave no, it to you. I know. I'm thinking of that moment with Jesse. I'm thinking of those mm-hmm. prayers that you did, mm-hmm. holding Anna for that beautiful three minutes, mm-hmm. her opening her eyes. Mm-hmm. You have done
1: all things through Christ who strengthens you. Perseverance. Yes. That was one of my words. When my dad's accident happened, I just kept saying, I have to persevere. I have to persevere. I have to persevere. Um, and, and God, give me the strength to persevere because I don't know how to persevere anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Carmita, you are so amazing. I just feel so blessed that you've joined us. And Learned so much about you, so much about relationship with God, so much mm-hmm. about the ability to function even when we don't feel like functioning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and it, perseverance. Mm-hmm. Just that. And I would have never uh, yeah. done it without the Lord. I yeah. I could have never done it without God. It's all in Him, and yeah. to Him be the glory.
0: Yes, always mm-hmm. to God be the glory. Mm-hmm. So we just want to encourage you, uh, if you're listening, uh, maybe something has touched your heart. I love uh, the one year Bible was something Mm -hmm. that you mentioned as a tool and resource, your Mm -hmm. friends, your church family, um, that people are there and Mm -hmm. people love you and they care about you Mm -hmm. and God loves you Mm -hmm. and God knows you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and a simple prayer. It doesn't need to be eloquent or elaborate. God, help me now. So, Carmita, thank you so much for joining us yeah, today. Thank you for having us. I just me. feel so blessed. Thank you. And we'll be praying for you and continued you. healing. I have a feeling God's, we're doing something here. Thank you. He's going to continue to heal you. So thank you so thank much you. for joining us. Thanks. We want to thank you for choosing to tune in today. Please remember to live joy and share joy. The world does need your voice. Please keep shining your bright light. If you live